You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to show 116, part two of our international cuisine shows. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And now that we're going to be talking about German food, I kind of wish I'd saved my I fear the worst joke from the fear show. Let's just reuse it here. Well, just do it and just assume somebody hasn't heard it. Yeah. Uh, and then they could say, I did not see that coming. Eh? Uh, oh. That was the worst, Josh. So yeah, welcome to part two. And frankly, two. I probably shouldn't have said. It. Oh God! Oh. Wow! It can Holy only get crap. better from here, folks. So stick around. Um, yeah, I welcome can't. to show 116. We are covering international cuisine for uh, Thanksgiving because we've already done a Thanksgiving show. And um, yeah, it's late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are on our uh, annual uh, pre-Thanksgiving. We always do uh, the two shows before Thanksgiving back to back. Yeah, so we're if you really want to, you know, stick around because chances are about midway through we're going to start getting kind of slappy. <laughs> it might get a little weird for this episode. <laughs> so, but uh, if you're looking, who for are you calling a psycho? <laughs> if you're looking for something a little weird. You know where you can find it? I bet you could find shows that are a little weird, but just the right amount of weird at the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. That is exactly what I was thinking about. You yeah, can, fi- you can find. find such shows as The War Pod. Ooh. And The Bearded Ones. And Rather Be Dead. And Who the What Now? Who the What Now? Yes, that's one too. And everybody's favorite defunct sports podcast, The Left Field Sports Lounge. I've decided that every 60 episodes, I'm going to help out with the names of the podcasts. That's a good job. You're good. You're good at that. Yeah, I'll be back in episode 176. <laughs> when, when you remember. Uh, <laughs> Place your bets right. now. Do I remember or not? Yeah, so if uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you're looking for some of our older stuff, you can find it at uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe, and we're... Slowly, slowly building up that back catalog. Uh, we just hit uh, show 40. Uh, so if you're looking for the origin story of when, uh, how and when the four of us got together uh, many, many years ago, you can find that over on uh, one of those wonderful podcast distributing places. And if you'd also like to give us a call, tell us what you would, you know, if you have an idea for a show or just want to share some chatter, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Now, let's say it's a Saturday right around the middle of the day and you're fiending for some uh, retro musings action. Where would I find some of that? While you're Uh, eating your schnitzel. (laughs) I think you'd probably want to tune into Geek Life Radio, your source for uh, a whole bunch of shows. It's a live internet stream, uh, and uh, they play our shows like one week behind in the Saturday at noon time slot. Yep. So if you're looking for uh, some geeky retro flashback action, give us a go. Geek Life Radio, noon on Saturdays. I've already mentioned it's late. (laughs) As Mike goes to word salad at the beginning of the... (laughs) 
of the International Cuisine Show Part 2. Monkey Radish. <laughs> hey, do we have any listener feedback? Yeah, I've got a voicemail here. Oh, fantastic. This is an interesting one. I may not have pre-screened it. Oh, Jesus. Uh, here we go. Hey, fuckers. Uh, you were asking about what I did for a living. Most of that was related back to what I did for a living before coming to my present employment. Uh, I was an engine room technician, worked on high-pressure stationary boilers and among your refrigeration at uh, a dead cow factory. And there I was also a uh, hazmat first responder, and I was also a first responder on the incipient fire force for that, uh, that, that facility. Uh, I would work with and around people that uh, were stupid enough to try to open up, uh, blow down heat exchangers with uh, 100, and 100 PSI of steam and hot water pressure behind them. And uh, that's just a nightmare waiting to happen if you have someone that's going to try to, to alter a pressure vessel under pressure. And also, uh, not to mention the ammonia receivers and the different control valves. Um, I think Joel knows a little bit about some of the, the fun snafus that I have dealt with, including being pinned underneath a 4-inch uh, BPR, hanging 15 feet from the air with uh, liquid ammonia dripping inches from my face, and dislodging my my map and uh yeah just just all kinds of good fun but uh i used to i worked with one fellow in particular that was exceedingly stupid and uh every time i'd work with him i would have nightmares about a fire or an explosion or something and uh it was not a very good happy time for crazy uncle charlie <laughs> however that's what i did i do something extremely similar and probably an even more sensitive environment i'm sure joel's told you where i work and uh i do work with boilers still. As a matter of fact, I have seven on site now. And, uh, the biggest problem with these is they have not been properly maintained in the past 15 years. And I am trying to find all the kinks and iron them out. And uh, the biggest worry with boilers is once again the pressure. Even at uh, 15 PSI, and you've got 1,582 gallons of water per, you know, all my three boilers, uh, that still is a tremendous amount of pressure. And you can always tell what kind of uh, explosion you have on a boiler. You can have a firebox explosion, or you can have a boiler explosion. And there's a very, very simple way to tell the difference. If you have a firebox explosion on one of your boilers, you can call for help from the building that the boiler is in. If you have a boiler explosion, you have no building the boiler was in. <laughs> that was it. Jesus, wow. Charlie. <laughs> you, you have a right. You can be as angry as you want, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to quit bitching about my job as an Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> she made me I wait five minutes. I guarantee you I'll still bitch about stuff. Yeah. She made me wait five minutes and then was kind of a bitch. Uh, but she didn't explode. So, <laughs> yeah, you make me thankful that none of my day involves a phrase dripping, li- dripping uh, ammonia, yeah, liquid ammonia. Yeah. Ooh, where'd Joel go? I'm here, but it's Skypey. Oh, uh, all right. So, thank you, Charlie, for explaining that and terrifying us. We're, we're back to the fear show all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so, we got anything else on that? Oh, that's 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 it. That's it. You know what? Then it's about that time. I think so. This week. In music, movies, and TV. Sports. Sports. You sound like a homicidal Elmo. Can't seem to get it right. So uh, this weekend, 1982, December 13th is the week uh, that we're jumping to. Why? Because that is the week that the first Olive Garden was open to the public. 
And I figured that that's such an icon of of amazing Italian food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what you're gonna say of Italian food. <laughs> I wonder how many breadsticks have they served since December 13th, 1982. Oh my Jesus! Can't even imagine all of them. Yeah, yeah there's a great video with actual Italian grandmothers eating food from Olive Garden. I recommend it. <laughs> oh. There's another one of Matt Stoney, the professional eater, going to the never-ending pasta bowl challenge and eating like, like literally like 40 bowls of pasta. Oh my nice. Oh my god. So, in uh, this week in 1982, "Mickey" by Tony Basil is the number one song in the land. If you remember, I wonder the- if people knew what that song was about in 1982. They did. It was about Mickey, a cheerleader. Yeah, it had the Russian uh, Olympic squad, female Olympic squad, behind her in the video. That's not so bad. Huh. What? You know, I, I my impression of what that song is about is actually apparently an urban legend. And what is? Yeah, because yeah, I was. Wait, about wait, to, wait. Now first, uh, first you got to go on what it is that you think it was about. Because yeah, I was going to uh, go on a Google search to see what you were talking about. Yeah. No, the popular urban legend about Tony Basil's Mickey is that it's about anal. Really? I'd never yeah, heard that. Yeah, when she talks about uh, girl. come and give it to me any way you can, any way you want to do it, I'll take it like a man. Uh, apparently, that is that is actually a uh, an urban legend. I learned something. Too. I don't understand how I'll take it like a man equates to anal sex. The same way the old man in Brown Eyed Girl means the same thing. I don't know where. Oh, no, those with are this. different. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll leave that behind. Because I don't think like when, whenever whenever the traditional like like take it like a man you know comes up. I don't think most people are thinking. Yeah, like 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 anal sex. What? You know how men are famous for taking? I don't know. That doesn't make sense. How? I, I, I had always heard it that way, and uh, I, I just googled it and learned that it was an urban legend tonight. So, huh. you know, I've if you had asked me what the conversation was going to be five minutes into this show, <laughs> that, that we're going to be talking about Tony Basil and anal. Don't forget yeah. to tag this one. Uh, not safe for work in iTunes. Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, uh, also born on December 8th in 1982 in St. James, Port of Spain, Trinidad is Nicki Minaj, who is a, in quotes, rapper and quote, singer. I know she does something. Yeah. She- I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of Nicki Minaj, but I mean, I don't know. People like her. Mm. No one forces me to listen to her. I am not one of those people. I am not a fan. No, me either. Joel? What? <laughs> Do you like anal? <laughs> Receiving, what? I mean. What? 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 Were you not paying attention? <laughs> I can't hear. Scroll up. <laughs> Joel's through the mists of Skype. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Uh, on December 8th, Marty Robbins, an American country singer whose hits included Devil Woman, El Paso, and Big Iron, dies of complications following cardiac surgery at age 57. I'm a big Marty Robbins fan. Yeah, we talked about Marty Robbins uh, a bit in the country music show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that Big Iron especially was a song that uh, it was on the soundtrack for Fallout New Vegas. So I know I just listened to that all the time. I think all the Fallout uh, games have great soundtracks. Yeah. And I think Marty Robbins might actually appear in more than one because I, I think El Paso might be in. I could be wrong on that. But I know guys, Big Iron is in New Vegas. Have you guys seen the parody video of El Paso as done by Steve Martin? No. Oh, it's hysterical. It's Steve Martin is the only human in the entire video. Everybody that lives in the town is all chimpanzees. <laughs> and the horse that he rides away on is an is an elephant. Sounds it, par for the course for him. Yeah. And it's just really, really funny. All right. Now uh 
Freeman Amos Godson, U.S. radio actor from the Amos and Andy show, dies. Ooh, we got a double dip in the uh, death in uh, the tweet this week. No, that was last week's tweet you're thinking of. Well, no, uh, no. Marty Robbins just Marty, died. We just talked about Marty Robbins what? dying. Marty Robbins died. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, that just happened. Never mind. Scratch that. I'll fix it in post. All right, thank you. All right, so uh, Amos from the Amos and Andy show dies at 83 on December 10th in 1982. Uh, on the movie side, The Toy, starring Richard Pryor, is the number one new movie in the land, knocking off the acronym of the week, which is E.T. colon T.E.T. Of course, that's extra testicle. Texans enjoy testicles. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for you, Pat. Oh, that's funny. Huh. Well, you obviously do know what that stands for. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, man, I wish I could do something more interesting than the dick jokes, but they go over so well. <laughs> you got to give the people what they like. And, yeah. and he, he does set them up for you pretty easy, too. So That obviously is E.T., the extraterrestrial. Right. Uh, movies also released this week include Airplane 2, Sophie's Choice, The Dark Crystal, oh, and Tootsie. You could not come up with four more different movies. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> That is very true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I mean, you could make a case for Tootsie and Airplane 2 being sort of in the same like, well, section both... of the video store. But yeah. Tootsie was still an Academy Award-nominated comedy. Yeah, and Airplane 2 was a screwball comedy sequel. Yep, and Dark That's... Crystal involved puppets. And, yeah, we know Sophie's Choice is a laugh a minute. <laughs> and it had no puppets at all. Sophie's Choice? Yeah. No I, I don't know why I'm thinking about it. I've never yeah. seen Sophie's Choice. Yeah, are you really trying to figure there a puppet scene in Sophie's Choice? I don't know. Maybe it was like a... <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe there was... Maybe there was... What's that What's that little dude that, that with the, hits the other one with the stick? Punch and Judy? Punch and Judy. Maybe there was a Punch and Judy scene. Doubt it. I'm glad you got there. I was about to guess Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So TV in uh, December 13th, 1982... Charlie Thomas Cox, born December 15th, is an English actor best known for his roles as Tristan Thorne in Stardust, Owen Slater in the second and third seasons of Boardwalk Empire, and Matt Murdock and Daredevil in Marvel's Daredevil. Hell yeah. Jessica Jones starts tonight at midnight. Oh yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, we better hurry the hell up. Um, <clears throat> so, not like I'm going to miss it, I can just go get it. No, but, but the internet's about to explode. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I like the Daredevil show. He's good. So. I included that for you guys. Yay. Yay. Uh, on December 18th, Phil Hartman weds real estate agent Lisa Strain, a decision that he's going to regret about 16 years later. Damn, dude. <laughs> this weekend is so dark. <laughs> so Holy much crap, death. Jeez, Pat. In sports, <sighs> Dehashatonic D.D. Trotter was born December 8th and died immediately after. <laughs> no. Blah, 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 joke about the Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she actually is a former Olympic gold and bronze medalist in the 4x400-meter relay in 2004, 8, and 2012 Summer Olympics. And then on December 12th, the infamous snowplow game. That, uh, that sounded ominous to me. <laughs> occurred. After a snowstorm holds both New England and Miami scoreless, Mark Henderson, a convict on work release, uses a snowplow to clear the path for John Smith's field goal attempt on order the Patriots coach Ron Meyer. Now, the coach? Coach? Yes. Coach Meyer. <laughs> Put me in, coach. 
And then Henderson walks I'm over. Ready to pray. I'm a convict. Let me clear you a path. We almost have we almost have like a uh, Hallmark TV uh, movie here. Uh, the successful field goal wins the game for the Patriots three to zero, and the practice of using snow plows during games is later banned. However, the practice of using convicts still totally cool in the NFL. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just saying. The, Just it, 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 the NFL the would it would collapse if they if they made that rule. <laughs> We're going to have to fire all of you. So uh, on December 13th at the 71st Women's Australian Open Finals, Chris Everett Lloyd gets her revenge. Fuck you, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) As she beats that chick I talked about in the last one and got her name wrong, Martina, what's her face? (laughs) Yeah, her. 6-3, and 6-3. The other one won. Uh, Screw you. Uh, okay. Beautiful. He's going to have to work Martina Navratilova into every this weekend somehow. <laughs> don't don't give him things like that. <laughs> this week on Saturday Night Live, Martina Navratilova was the host. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about food some more. Oh, okay. Yeah. This week we're focusing on uh, European food, Middle East, and Africa. Yeah, and I mean, Europe is going to encounter so many traditional cuisines, I think, even for us as kids. Like, last week, a lot of what we talked about, we found in the then we were mostly talking about Mexican and Chinese. I'm not sure that's going to be true this week. No, no, I don't think it is. I mean, well, I mean, let's talk about, you know, when we were kids. Again, we discussed what international food was, but I mean, did any of us actually head up to any, you know, European, Eastern European, whatever country uh, restaurants when we were a kid. What was international to you in, in like, this, out of these three? Yeah, like I said, you know, we we did a lot of German food on a semi regular basis. I wouldn't. It wasn't a, like a weekly or even a monthly thing, but a couple times a year we would go to a, a German restaurant and eat some classic German food. We took my uh, grandparents to a classic German restaurant one time to a nice beer house. Nice. And um, <clears throat> my grandfather, being who he was, I told you stories about him a couple times before. He was a a big eater. He was a very big. He was about five foot six and about three hundred pounds, and he liked to eat. And when they put the food in front of him, he had ordered he had ordered uh, just wiener schnitzel, and so it just came with just the the sausage and the sauerkraut. And he just kind of incredulously looks at the waitress and really loudly says, "That's all we get: big weenies and sauerkraut." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was my grandfather. Big weenies and sauerkraut. big weenies and sauerkraut. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Well, we so had- yeah, I had a little bit of experience with some international uh, European cuisine. That and my mother, my mother could cook just about anything except for Chinese food. Like I said earlier, so. Yeah, so she was able to cook a lot of different, like, she cooked some French foods, and she, I mean, she would look up any recipe and cook it if I requested something, so. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of uh, international foods in the house, but uh, my one grandmother were Polish, the other side's German, so uh, large family gatherings were kind of awkward. Uh <laughs> <laughs> All the Pol- my Polish side's like, you stay over there. <laughs> but uh, I don't think so. <laughs> you fool us once. Um, Here, so- he don't make Polish sausage for shit. <laughs> what? what? I don't know. Uh, but going to my um, Polish grandma's side, uh, she'd make gwumki back when I was a kid, which is spice. for that nowadays. Yeah, I know. Oh, so- the guy that travels with Han Solo. She's <laughs> oh, Wookiee. <laughs> What is it actually, Mike? Because I I'll, currently, at least for the next few days, I live in a Polish neighborhood, and I'm not actually sure what that is. That is <laughs> spiced ground beef 
with rice, molded into a ball, wrapped in a cabbage leaf, and stewed in tomato sauce. Mm. Oh, I've had that. I didn't know what it was called. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah me too. It's delicious. What and is it called again? Homemade, homemade pierogies. Mm. And then... Uh, you introduced me to pierogies. Oh, deliciousness. And then, you know, breaded pork chops and that sort of thing. So, every, I mean, it was both meat on both sides when, when he went to grandma's houses. You know, Sure. Was, except uh, grandma on the other side, German grandma, she was all about the pastries, man. Oh my God. She had, you know, uh, the German coffee cakes. She would had all these great, great recipes. In fact, uh, after she passed away, my aunt went and got her recipe book and printed out a bunch of the stuff that she would make the most for us for everybody. And then <clears throat> everybody who got a book, like all the grandkids, everyone had, uh, original copy of whatever recipe it was that we love the most. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I've got like her handwritten recipe for these. There were spider cookies. She called them. It was like chocolate and these, those fried Chinese noodles where she would mix everything up and make them into little balls and they look like little spiders. <laughs> but, uh, oh, that's cool. I would polish off all plate of those on her. And then she would be like, really? I'm like, well, why don't you make two? And she's like, then you would eat two plates. That's what, it, you know, it's, <laughs> but that was me. Not too many restaurants, though. Not too many going out to, you know, we never went to like, I mean, what was it? What was the point? I mean, right. You know, and we back then there weren't really any Middle Eastern restaurants around. None that I can remember. Yeah, uh, not, they weren't real popular. I know that. I I, that was I, I mentioned in the last show that I, I grew up in an almost entirely Hispanic neighborhood. But aside from us being in the middle of the block, kind of the oddball Irish family across the street was another family who were kind of oddballs in the neighborhood. It was a family from Jordan. Oh, neat. And so, yeah, I I grew up uh, having uh, access to Middle Eastern food also uh, from – because the kids uh, across the street were the same age as uh, my brother and I. So uh, for my part, I know I mentioned in the last show that I uh, lived in an almost entirely Hispanic neighborhood. But uh, as the Irish family in the middle of the block, we were one of the anomalies. Uh, but across the street was uh, another kind of oddballs for the neighborhood. It was a family from Jordan. So, yeah, I had access to Middle Eastern food. Uh, from hanging out with the kids, uh, the children from that family were about the same age as my brother and I. And, and she, she cooked a lot of traditional food? Well, the, uh, grandmother, uh, especially one thing I remember, I had it twice, uh, once growing up, uh, from the family from across the street. And again, when I became friends in high school with a guy from Lebanon, uh, there's this food called labna. It's a, uh, goat's milk cream cheese. Ooh. Yeah, it's uh, the consistency of a soft cream cheese, but with the tanginess of a goat cheese. You have it my is attention. Delicious. Hmm. And would they? Uh, how would you eat it then? Uh, usually just on bread. <laughs> What's just it called? Latka? <laughs> Labna. L a b n e h. Yeah, you can actually get it in uh, Mediterranean or Middle Eastern supermarkets. I don't know that Texas necessarily. I maybe there. That's a thing down there. No, there. I go to a, a cheese shop to get my cheese for the truck and, I, and i'm sure they'll know all about it <laughs> the cheese shop it's called the, the houston dairy maids they have like some they have cheese from all over the world there it's insane yeah that's uh i i know that there's uh middle eastern markets here in the city and i can occasionally get it though you got to be careful because they also sell cow's milk alabna not as good hmm. uh but f- when it comes to restaurants all of the big family gatherings like uh Elementary school graduations, high school graduations were held at the oldest Czech bohemian restaurant in the United States, uh, Klaas on Cermak Road in Cicero. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's, really? uh, I didn't realize that is the oldest. That's crazy. Yeah, a guy in uh, 1922 who uh, was a waiter at the Drake Hotel left his job at the Drake to open a restaurant in Cicero. Cool. Hmm. And yeah, we have that, that's I, a hell, that's a hell of a risk for that time because yeah, the Drake, the Drake was the shit at that point. And uh, I mean, the class isn't what it was even when I was a kid, but it's still open, still uh, serving, still books events. Nice. What about you, Joel? What? <laughs> what are, are, we, are we talking about entertainment games? What? What? No, Skype is just so terrible. Um, for you too, man. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, today. it's it's rough. Um, I'm having a hard time hearing. But uh, you know, as far as that went, I really wasn't introduced to any of this stuff until college and beyond. I mean, Mike introduced me to pierogies, um, and Middle Eastern food didn't really come into play until I started working at Val's. And you know that strip in Oak Park Avenue. You had the, you know, Eric's Deli, and then you had the Louis B. King House, and you had the Italian place, and then there was the Grape Leaves across the street. Huh, grape oh, Leaves. Yeah. And Time and Honey is down there, too. Oh, yeah, and Time and Honey. Grape Leaves, though, made an amazing... What was so odd is they made a pizza, and it was an amazing pizza, but then, you know, I'd get, like, the uh, the shawarma or... or uh, I can't think of the other thing that I liked over there, but it's all so good. What's that? Bless you. Baba Ganoush. Ba- ba- yes, and hummus and, and values to, you know, just get a, a little bit of everything and we'd all share. And it was just uh, one of the, I mean, I've had other Middle Eastern food since then, but that was just so good. And it's one of those little, you know, kind of out of the way places you wouldn't know about if you didn't live in the area. And mm-hmm. it was right uh, across streets. So. Gosh, gosh. Gosh, gosh. <laughs> In Chicago, you also almost every family restaurant you go to is. Uh, I, it seems like they're almost all Greek, or at least serve Greek food. The number of places where you could get saganaki. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! What was the name of that place we used to go to down the street? Angels. Angels. Yeah. Oh yeah! Angels had yeah. saganaki. Jedi's Garden had saganaki. Yeah, I don't know. I think Jedi's is still there, but um, Angels is a. Um, Parking lot. Parking lot. Parking uh, both of them are gone. Really? Yeah. yeah, both Jedis and Angels are gone. Uh, but, I mean, you still can find uh, Greek food and, uh, just about anywhere in the city. Oh, yeah. Well, think about, like, Mickey's. I mean, they had, you know, pita. Well, they have gyros. I mean, you could yeah, get Kronos gyros at any hot dog stand. Sub teas. Yeah. Not out here, I man. Know. I'll tell you, you can't get gyros. There's like one good gyros place out here. Oh, that's so They have them here, but I haven't had any yet, and I'm hesitant to. Well, yeah, because the American gyro uh, is like this spiced cone that's part beef, part lamb. Yeah, and they just and have these cool And all knives. glue paste. <laughs> yes. Still and good. The beef paste <laughs> stuff or whatever it's called. Yeah, It's all about the tzatziki sauce, and if it's not... It's oh yeah, that's right. definitely it. But I mean, it, I mean, if the, I mean that that highly processed cone of beef that, I mean, unless you're making it, you know, yourself and you're stabbing the pieces. That, I mean, it's not healthy. It's not good. <laughs> uh, I, oh, it's not healthy. But I disagree that it's not good. Well, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like not good in taste wise. I meant not good for you. Kind of. Yeah, I mean the uh, the whole concept of the way it rotates slowly and just browns and crisps the outer layer, which they thinly shave off. Just something special about the first time I discovered what a gyro sandwich was. Mm-hmm. And I was pretty young. I, I want to say I've been eating gyros since I was probably like nine. Yeah. And not the Arby's gyro. Arby's has I a I don't gyro. even know what that is. I, yeah, yeah, yeah Arby's has <laughs> You're talking crazy talk, man. Yeah, I, they don't. Just don't. 
So, uh, yeah, no, I'm with Josh on that. I mean, I've been eating Kevin Euros, that sort of thing before. I mean, that, to the, so long I've been eating that that I didn't realize that that was actually an unusual thing until I <laughs> met the first person that didn't know what the hell a Euros was. Yeah. Isn't it, wasn't that a weird one? When, when I'm going to go get a Euro. What is that? What do you uh, mean, I think what? that was in college. Yeah. Like, oh, you mean a gyro? <laughs> yeah. Well, and there were people that hadn't even heard of that. Yeah. Because you'd get people from wherever. They'd be in Michigan, and they'd hold up their hand to show where they were from. And (laughs) they didn't know what a euro was. And that was just like, it's it's food. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's what you eat when you're tired of hot dogs. That's what's... Yeah. (laughs) That's what it is. Grape leaves is still around. I just looked it up, um, and I forgot. We used to get the falafel, the stuffed grape leaves was another one Val would get. And um, uh, the chicken sumac, that was the one I couldn't think of. Mm-hmm. Joel, do you remember going to um, Old Warsaw over on, uh, yeah, it was on Cermak, the Polish buffet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember going there with you. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's good. I mean, that's, and that was, I mean, we can count that for the then, though, because that was college years. Sure. <clears throat> but yeah, that place, uh, Polish buffets are very much different than like an Asian buffet. Polish take buffets very seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all meat and starch. So oh, yeah. even if you're a buffet pro, you're probably getting fewer plates out of the place. Oh, but they're going to be so good. Oh, yeah. You go there and the pierogi is literally floating in a in a vat of butter. And I like how that, you know, the red apple place that we mm-hmm. talked I talked about briefly earlier, they have signs saying, you know, if you do not eat all of the food that you take, you might be charged extra. Yeah. Like we don't we don't take any of your shit. Yeah, that's the other uh-huh. thing. Don't don't ever approach, you know, don't ever not empty your plate at a Polish, you know, they'll they'll yell at you. Yeah. I went yeah, there with uh, Dennis once. The red apple? No, uh old old Warsaw. Old Warsaw. Old and, Warsaw, uh, yeah. That's and, the one that had the goat that you could like take a picture grabbing its balls. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got that picture of you doing that too. Um, but I went there with him. He's, he's, you know, we're, it was just him and my, him and I were sitting there talking and he's, he looks at me, you know, they bring, they brought our drinks and they're about to bring the plates out for us to go up. And uh, he says, how do you say thank you? I went, dame bougie. And he looks That's at the waitress. Not thank you in Polish. No, it isn't. And he looks at the waitress <laughs> and he, he goes, dame bougie. And she's, you know, young, twenties Polish girl. And she goes, Ooh, and she like hands up on her face and she runs off. And he looks at me and he's like, why would I even trust you? What the hell? What did I just say? And I mean, then she actually, she came back and got the other waitresses and they all gave him a kiss because that's what Daima Bougie means. And then I told him it was Jankuya. But yeah, uh, I was going to say, that's like the one word in Polish I know living in a Polish neighborhood now is thank you. So I was like, yeah, that's not what you told him to say. No, that's not what I told him to say. But when he said the look on his face was fantastic. He's just like, what's going to happen now? You know, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm about to be arrested. <laughs> Pretty much. You're about to meet their father. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I mean, Polish, uh, Polish buffets, man, always dark, lots of wood, uh, red plaid, that red plastic, uh, seats and, uh, good beer, good Polish beer in there too. When you think of European cuisine, <clears throat> a lot of people think of French, but I can't recall as a kid ever really eating anything French. I had crepes. French toast. Yeah. Right. French, French fries. fries. French, <laughs> French dressing. French bread. And to drink Peru. Paris Bueller's Day No, sir. No. What? There you go. Why would you, why would you even say that? <laughs> You've hurt Mike. You have. I could see mixing those movies up. Oh, yeah. Moving on. Joel. French yes. food. French food. What's your favorite French food? Uh, I don't know that I can really say that I've had too much French food that I would even remember. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. As, it's, as a it's, kid, especially not. 
Oh, my mom used to make crepes every now and then. Yeah, I never liked crepes. The consistency on it always threw me the heck off. You don't like crepes? Oh, they're, they're like pancakes with a fear of commitment. <laughs> right. <clears throat> it's like Swedish just, pancakes. That is just can. say you like little thin pancakes. You've never had the ones with the cherries that they set on fire then. Mm. See, Pat cherries, has. Cherries Jubilee. Oh. I'm actually pretty neutral on the subject of crepes. Well, it all, it, with crepes, it's mm. all about the fillings, honestly. I could see that. It's sort of like blintzes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or you get it with the, uh, with the orange sauce. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. So do we have any favorites from uh, Europe? I'm just thinking like working my way because as a kid, I can't say I ever had a whole lot of British or Irish food despite being Irish. Well, when I was a kid, I know, you know, we always did the standard St. Patrick's Day. My mom would make a corned beef and sure. potatoes and a soda bread and we would do that. But uh, New Year's Eve was always uh, black eyed peas. That's Irish. Oh, yeah, I recall mm. we learned that when we did the New Year's show. Yep. Yeah, but no, we never, I mean, it, like, European food for us was just food. I mean, especially it was either, you know, grandma from north side or grandma from south side. You know, it's that's how the food was for us. Uh, you know, we never actively sought out a German restaurant. You know, I do know, though, um, once again, going to get into the weirdness of Mike's life, <laughs> whenever somebody would die... We always would you hang their bones up in the tree out back? Yeah, we would we would hang their carcass <laughs> in the tree for the birds. Um and I still don't understand why you don't why you don't see that as normal. Um, <laughs> we would have uh, people getting married or people dying. You're getting good food because if well you guys were at the uh the second uh, reception that we had up at the Polish banquet hall up here. Yes. For the wedding. And when we would we, we were at the uh, the white tree I think it was white tree i think it's closed down now but the place we would normally go to for like was like the family events it was nice because it was directly across the street from the graveyard so you can just go bury whoever died and everyone cross the street and go over to uh, shibiwa's which is the white e- shibiwa's white eagle and it's a banquet hall where they would bring you family style food and we would have events there for our family all the time <laughs> they named it after the sound of your button popping off your pants <laughs> <laughs> but no, they would bring you just a bowl of uh, pierogi. And what is that name? It's a, it's a guy's last name. Yeah, but it, it I mean, sh- say it again. Shibiwas. <laughs> Maybe if I spell it for you. Here, I can help you. P- yeah, there's probably a, like a Q in there. Yeah, P R Z Y. Yep. It's but it's delicious food. It's up. It's up by you, Josh. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. No, I mean, especially <laughs> the neighborhood that you got, you live in, it's, you know, all Polish. But no, we would have, you know, someone would die. You knew you were eating good. It's kind of sick, but then that's my family. <laughs> yeah, by the time the show goes live, that won't be true at all. Like, uh, people have this impression of all the culinary delights that are within a block, and uh, I'll have already moved to Hoffman Estates. It's okay. Here they have an olive garden. Where the, yeah, where the biggest culture is the father and son's pizza. Oh. <laughs> Joel? Yes? <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like we're keeping you in a box, man. <laughs> in a box. Bring out the gap. All right. <laughs> all right. So uh, have we talked enough about then for Euro food? I mean, we we all come from different European backgrounds. I mean, has anybody tried African food when you were a kid? I'm trying to think. Uh, and I think the answer is no. And I'm pretty adventurous uh, all the way up through high school about food. I don't think I ever did. Yeah. I, I know that I did because um, when we went to Epcot when I was a kid, I remember trying some of the food in Morocco. 
Does and, Epcot food count? What? Well, sure. Yeah, considering at Epcot, they they literally bring in, as exchange students, people from the countries that they represent to work in all the restaurants and everything. So the cooks are actually from Morocco in the Moroccan section. Okay. I'll allow it. Go ahead. No, that was pretty. That was, as far as African, that was pretty much my experience. I uh, I didn't try Ethiopian until I was older. So yeah, that Moroccan would be. Why would one. you do that? They they're short on food as it is. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I didn't try their food. I tried Ethiopian food, the American food that was made into Ethiopian food. I didn't take their food and eat it in front of them. That would be mean. Funny, but mean. <laughs> Little distended tummies. <laughs> all right, that's call for a break right there. I'd that's- like to be thin like that, but without all the flies and shit. So, again, uh, when we come back, we're going to learn that we have uh, expanded our culinary <laughs> horizons at least a little bit uh, through more of Europe as adults and uh, uh, probably out deeper into the Middle East and Africa. Yeah. Or at least some of us. Oh, my mom made a killer lasagna, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. We forgot to talk about Italian at all. Yeah. Oh, killer yeah. lasagna my mom made. How did we miss that? It'll I be don't know. huge. Stop. Rewind. Yeah. Before <laughs> we go to break, let's let's uh, re-examine because, like, manicotti, basically, if you could stuff it with ricotta and dump tomato sauce on it, I was all about it. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff shells, stuff manicotti. Shells. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> a lasagna. All of them. Just give me cheese and pasta. My mom, again, that's one of her specialties. Now that you make it, please, she, and she has like you with, with this cheese blend that she makes, Pat, where she has like, uh, ricotta, um, and it just mixes together this bowl full of, I think it's four different cheeses. Yeah, probably mozzarella, ricotta, parmesan, asiago, if I had to guess. Uh, I don't think it's asiago. I gotta figure out what it is, but. What would the, that fourth one be? Hmm. Well, is it sweet or is it, uh, more savory? It's, it's more savory. Okay, so. That I see, it might be Asiago because the other one that's crumbly there. There's another sweet one uh, that you'll find in uh, what's that? Mar- mascarpone. Mar- yeah, mascarpone. That's what I was trying to think of. Is the yeah. other one that you'd mix that would take the whole thing sweet? Yeah, no, no mascarpone. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to ask her. I'll call her right now. That's a good time to call. <laughs> middle, of the <laughs> middle of the night. Hey, you know, can you make me a lasagna? I have questions about cheese. Yes. But no, she would take these four and she would, and her, her lasagnas are like two and a half inches thick. Yep. That's the best kind. Oh yeah. Ground beef mixed in with the chopped tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. I think when we do come back from break, I definitely want to talk about, cause, uh, well, it was all about the pasta when I was a kid. I got into Italian food and tried all sorts of different things as an adult. Let's, uh, take a break. Yeah, it's a quick break. Get the manicotti caffeine. (laughs) All right, everybody, we are back, and it is part two of the International Food Show. It is still late, (laughs) (laughs) and I guarantee nothing from this point on. So uh, we kind of like forgot about Italy and right before the break decided to talk about it real quick. Do we want to talk about adult experiences with Italian food? Let's let's do that. Yeah, because I went on a kick for a while uh, with Italian food where I wanted to try everything. Like there's a bunch of different Italian ways to prepare chicken, like chicken marsala, chicken uh and now i've forgotten all of the names of the other ones <laughs> piccata piccata yeah Marsala. barsala you said mozzarella yes, what's the one with the potatoes oh you know, vesuvio 
Yeah, Vesuvio. I always make because there's the Vesuvio, and then there's the one with the olives that I don't like. Um, olives. Nope, that's not coming to me. Okay. Now, are we count? We don't count stuff. We're not going to count stuff like spaghetti. No, I, I wouldn't think any spaghetti and pizza are so Americanized that they're almost not Italian anymore. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> for now. Working at uh, working at TJ's again for some reason or another. This always has to do with food. But I worked with a French dude um, in one of the stores, and he was amazing. He would just whip up stuff, and I guess it falls into Italian because it was. I mean, it was Italian food made by a French guy because it was a pasta dish. But um, he made this. We had uh, steamed clams that he would chuck the clams and make that with sliced uh, Roma tomatoes and basil leaves, and then he would mix in butter and uh, saute the noodles in the uh, in the in the gravy from the clams. Mm. That sounds delicious. It was. And then he would serve it with a um, Sancier wine for us. We drank a lot on the job. I won't lie. <laughs> there, was, there was a lot of drinking. In fact, at any one given moment that you're in Trader Joe's, you got about a 75% chance that that person you're talking to is drunk right now. Those uh, recipes you were talking about reminded me uh, a regular show contributor, graphic designer, and super fan Joe Abereno has an open house every year for the St. Uh, I'm going to screw this up. I think it's St. Joseph's Day. Yeah, St. Joseph's Day. Yeah, th- their feast. And uh, they'll do a huge spread and just invite everybody who wants to come in. And I've been two or three times now. And they'll set up uh, two different kinds of pasta. One that's got like a sauce that you can crumble in uh, some oh, salty fish that you get on pizza. I'm just blanking now. Anchovies. Yeah, there's a sardine sauce. Yeah, it's a, oh. uh, a like a uh, Sardinia mix that goes in with a marinara. And I'd never had like traditional uh, pasta prepared that way uh, until I'd been to his St. Joseph's Day feasts. Uh, so good. Well, speaking of Italian food, I, I know that I don't know if you guys ever got to go, but um, I used to go to Nick's house, Nick Andrea. Oh, yeah. Uh, and his family kind of embraced me for a while. And I got to eat like true Italian family, you know, original Sicilian type <gasps> cooking. I can't I believe we forgot like- about this. Remember when Will's grandma tried to kill us? Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I just kept eating meatballs until I couldn't sit up anymore. <laughs> I went blind from that giant bowl of pasta. Yeah, I mean, that was an amazing night. That was uh, our buddy Will. Uh, her, his grandmother heard that. You know, he apparently said that we weren't eating enough or something. I don't know what he said to trigger this, but she invited us over for dinner. And I, I think I think he um, told us about how we complained about the cafeteria food. Oh, okay. And that's right. Then she wanted to cook for us, and we we're like, okay. So I think it was it was the four of us. Jay, Will, was there anybody else with us past Den- that? Didn't Dennis come? Dennis might have. Did we know Dennis at that point? Uh, no, wait, I'm I take that sure, back. I don't maybe. think we knew Dennis at that point because we, we were still in but school. Somebody else came with us. Amanda? No, it was all guys. Mel? Oh, was it, it um, um, oh, God, what was his name? Um, always had the camera on him. Oh, Eric, Eric Grouchy. Yeah, Eric was there. Was it him? Yeah, oh, no. yeah, it might have been Grouchy, Jay, and there. the four of us. Yeah. Okay, so, like, and, and we weren't small guys. We're not small guys. But that little Italian grandma took us down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have never, first of all, I've never seen a bowl that big, much less a bowl that big filled with pasta. <laughs> I think she used to bathe her babies in that bowl. Yeah. 
And then and it was like, oh, you want some meatballs? Here's eight pounds of meatballs for you right well, yeah, there. Yeah, because the meatballs were almost fist size. Yeah. yeah. Right. Then there was the Italian sausage. And then the, you know, a gallon of marinara sauce that she had. I mean, this thing. woman had to have been cooking literally all day long. Mm-hmm. She probably got up at five in the morning and started cooking. And you made her so happy when you fell unconscious right into the plate, Pat. <laughs> She's like, oh, I win. <laughs> <laughs> and she grabbed the back of my hair and screamed in my face. <laughs> Pudanesca. That's the one I don't like. Oh, that's the one Pudanesca. That's, yep. Okay. That's the one that's got the uh, olives. Oh, I like that one. Uh, you you believe olives are food? I I definitely am a strong belief that olives are oh, food. And all I am in the various, olive camp as well. In various colors. Me too. You guys can be in your olive garden. I, I'm out. Uh, oh, <laughs> I see. You what can you go did to there. hell, sir. <laughs> what? Okay. What about other Euro foods? I mean, have you any other restaurants that you're going to nowadays? There's well, a place down the street from me called Zumbarrel, which has uh, classic German food, and I've started going there, and I love it. Classic German as in what? Oh, they got the schnitzel. They got all the all the um, worst you could have. I mean, all the sausages. They've got everything. That's but, good. Uh, they, they, they do their own sausages in-house. It's amazing. And they brew their own beer. Makes it even uh, better. Mm-hmm. It's See, perfect. and that sounds like where I go here, uh, the Capri, which is been here for 53 years first generation off the boat owned it by italians it's my brother-in-law his father owns it now they're kind of taking it over but it's traditional italian fare and i mean uh, ever since they took it over from their dad and kind of have been running it i have not had a bad meal there and i've tried just about everything and it's all just phenomenal best pizza i've ever had <laughs> never had a bad meal there and i've tried I've tried that. No, it used to be questionable, but they've very consistent now. And the pizza, they have a, like a, a, it's like a 50 plus year old oven. And, Ooh. you know, you imagine that thing's been cooking pizzas that long, nonstop every day. I mean, it's, it, it, if that thing ever went down, it, the pizza would never be the same, you know? Yeah. It's, then it would be uncooked. The, all the food, <laughs> all the, the cheese that they get, they drive to Wisconsin to buy the cheese directly from, a distributor in Wisconsin uh, every week. They make the sausage fresh in-house. They cook the sausage on the pizza. It's not pre-cooked. Wow. Um, so all of the, you know, the juices from it seep into the pizza itself. And man, I mean, it's just amazing. Cool. Yeah, I I'm, know my, I've got both a German place and an Italian place now. There's a Sabatino's that's uh, near Irving Park in uh, Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, that's uh, <clears throat> one of the highest rated for the price Italian places in uh, the entire city. Mm. This, this is a like four and a half star restaurant that uh, I mean, it's not as cheap as going to like an Olive Garden or whatever, but it's not what you would expect for the quality you're going to get there. My and fam- of course, oh, oh, go ahead. I, I have a sad <clears throat> bit of news. Oh. I just looked up Zumbarrel, the, the German restaurant I was talking about, and they closed on October 26th. Oh, This year? Yeah. Hmm? This, this year? Yeah. Like just a few weeks ago? Like last month. They just closed huh. like, like a few weeks ago. Yeah, that was, uh, man, uh, the German place. I, okay, have you guys been to Edelweiss? I've no, heard of it. Yes. I've not been there. Yeah, that's, that's, currently, that's currently my German place of choice, and it's pretty much straight down Irving Park the other way towards the, uh, towards the airport. Didn't we go there once, Mike? Edelweiss? Yeah, I thought we did. I went there with somebody. I thought it was you. might have gone Maybe. with me and Carl because Carl uh, introduced me to the place. Mm. That very well could be. Yeah, that might be it. Hmm. 
My girls love Irish food. Like if you you put Katie in front of a like a shepherd's pie, mm. yeah, she will polish it off. And there's a you know there's a couple like there's there's one place called the Clado, which I think is kind of I guess cookie cutter ish because I know there's more than one of them. It's kind of like a franchise. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been but, to the Clado. But it's fine. The, what's the what's the name of the place that's in downtown Downers Grove? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's well. There's one out here in Aurora too. We take them there. Uh, we actually they they picked up the taste for it. They we go there for uh, fish and chips. Oh yeah, best fish and chips you can get in the Midwest is down at the Red Lion Pub, uh, mm-hmm. right down by the Biograph Theater. Oh, that's high. Yeah, that's high praise there. Oh yeah, well, and it's it's what the place is known for. I mean, I've had the shepherd's pie there; it's good, and their uh, whiskey list is awesome. Uh, their beers are fine, um, but yeah, well, fish and chips there is awesome. What was the name of the place we went to? That Irish place, Mike, one night. The Clatter. Hello. Yeah, I was thinking about it. We're out here. Yeah. The Susie and the girls were out of town, and we went to go get something to eat together. And I got the shepherd's pie. Bally Doyle's. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Belly Doyle's is fine. Yeah, they got good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and they they have the music food ain't too. bad either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've got uh, that's they actually uh, what cool thing about that place is in New Year's Eve. I don't know if they still do it. It's either Belly Doyle's or maybe both of them would. Um, they actually would have a six o'clock New Year's Eve party for Irish New Year. Huh. And that's cool. Yeah, you get boxies. Soda bread, you could order up, you know, all this, you know, great Irish food, potatoes, meat, peas, all that. And uh, when midnight rolls around, they hand out a, a pint of Guinness to everybody. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Because they, cause they came out of the table and they're like, here. I'm like, oh, I haven't finished the Guinness. I haven't. Oh, no, it's New Year's, 12 o'clock. Everybody gets a Guinness. So they put another one in front of Suzanne. And Suzanne goes, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm like, no, take it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not sending that back. <laughs> and then I had more Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the um, man, the food there—that's that's another place where you almost have to call somebody to have you uh, drive you home because that Irish food will just put you under. Very good food. Um, trying to think of moving around uh, Europe. Uh, we could go back down to Greece, talk a little bit. I know I was on the quest for the best euro, and I found it in the strangest place after having had uh, close to 100. Uh, best one I ever had was in a mall food court in Columbus, Ohio. What? what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had them all over Chicago, uh, and I was rating them on, like, food for the price, how good was the meat, uh, how good was the tzatziki sauce, uh were the, if it came with fries, were the fries good? And just uh, overall, in like every category, the best one I had was at a mall food court in Columbus, Ohio. For a while, I did that with Rubens, trying to find the best Ruben I could. Really? Yep. Mine was not found in a mall food court. <laughs> <laughs> not where you expect to find it. Yeah. Oh, not at all. 
Speaking of which, Arby's has a Reuben. Yeah, it's, and it's awful. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Again, why would you do that? Because I was trying to find the best Reuben, and it was definitely not it. I was on a road trip to Colorado, and I did not want anything else on the menu, and so I'm going to give it a spin. There is a place by me called Munchy Peas. <laughs> yeah. I've been to Munchy Peas. Out in Geneva? Munchy Peas, Munchy Peas. Oh, so soft <laughs> and cuddly. <laughs> Munchy Peas has been around since I was in high school. We used to sneak out of school and run over there and get get lunch sometimes. <laughs> I thought you were say get high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it is, they've got passable hot dogs. The hot dogs are all right. The burgers are okay. Where they really shine is in this is in this Greek food. They've got broiled chicken with the big slices of potatoes that they serve. Um, you can get skewered pork with like seasoned with lemon. Um they also have, well, they've got gyros. Uh, you can get that there. What, you know, but if you get the gyros, you're really missing out because they've got all this other stuff. But the best thing they have there is handmade, um, ah, spanakopita. Yes. Ah, uh, spanakopita. Spanakopita and, um, crap with the honey and the nuts. Baklava. <laughs> baklava. Baklava. Hand, handmade baklava, <clears throat> which is just, Delicious. I think in college we all went down to Greektown at least once. I, I know that I've been as a kid, and I've been back a few times. Yeah, yeah, we went down there a couple times as a group, and then I remember every now and then they would have uh, spanakopita at the uh, at the cafeteria. The spanakopita, yeah, yeah. Then we call it spankopita, but yeah, the spankopita, <laughs> which really wasn't as good as food that was no. made by people that serve food. Um, <laughs> you just get one. You boys going traveling. <laughs> there's a deep cut for you oh shit okay we we can't just we can't just leave okay so apparently in our cafeteria in college if there was let's just say all the cylinders weren't firing off you're in (laughs) there were there were a lot of mercy hires in the cafeteria yeah and they the attendant would just randomly ask people if they were going traveling going traveling Uh, no, not today. I got class. All right, then. <laughs> then you go to the, the, the behind the counter and the woman serving up the, the scoops of whatever. You just get one. <laughs> Only one. Oh, oh, man. She had boobs I fucking forgot all about the traveling man. <laughs> hey there. You going traveling? <laughs> yeah, I'm traveling into the cafeteria. What do you think I'm doing? I no, my, fav- my favorite was the... Uh, what gave it away? The canteen? <laughs> but the lady that uh, cut out all the pictures out of everybody in the, the ID book and had them all sitting next to the register, and she would, like, find your picture and your name. Oh, yeah, because she was trying to memorize everybody's names? Yeah. Yeah, that like, lady was creepy. It was like, lady, there's a lot of people in this school. <laughs> <laughs> now, as adults, did any of us get into French cuisine as adults, even? No. See, that's the thing. It's like, I... Uh, you always hear about French French cuisine, but you never. I I could not outside of escargot or a baguette. I couldn't really tell you what French cuisine is. Well, like there's cocavin, the the chicken with wine, and I know I've had that. Oh, I I've had it, but I mean I've never. I can't like I can't well, say I've searched. French it cuisine out. is is the foundation for most cooking. Period. I mean. Most everything you do is rooted in French cuisine. Whether or not you're eating necessarily French cuisine, you're using French techniques, like the basic sauces and things like that, and you know your your mother sauces, and you're just your your basic cooking techniques, like you know sous vide and things like that. Well, I mean, I'm, that's not a basic technique, but 
you know, like uh, sautéing and and broiling and um and poaching things like that. But they originated in France. Okay. Okay, so that explains a lot there. And I think I've had probably some duck or pork confit. Those are French, technically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's uh, if you if you've never had it, I highly recommend it. Um, um, oh god, duck liver. Why can I not think of? Oh, pate. Foie gras. No, no, not pate. Uh, oh, foie gras. Foie gras. Jesus, no. I'm totally blank. <laughs> foie gras is amazingly delicious if it's cooked correctly. Well, and if it's, and for it's a long served. time, it was illegal to serve in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I had it at at um, RL back when I lived there before it got Ill- illegal. Get a, some take out of that, and then go run over to the German joint and get some Braunschweiger. <laughs> Oh, Braunschweiger is not nearly the most unusual thing you can uh, get. No, but it's gross. Have you ever had Hakapeter? No. Hakapeter is uh, an appetizer served at a German restaurant. I actually had it fairly recently where it's basically a high-quality raw hamburger served with a raw egg and a bunch of different sauces. There's capers. There's like horseradish. It's like a tartare? It's like a tartare, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a tartare. But but Josh is right. It is delicious. It's so good. I've had had tartare. I've never had it called Hakapeta. Or my, my mom used to have Braunschweiger on uh, around the house all the time, and I used to eat it before I knew what it was. That's always mm. a fun game to play with the kids. Put something in front of them when they start eating it. Be like, you know what you're eating? <laughs> I still like Braunschweiger. Oh. I haven't had it in a little while, but it's one that uh, Sarah won't eat it, but I'll have it as a sandwich regularly. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's really not that different from having like a slice of bologna <laughs> or something. It's a little higher quality, but same kind of concept. Mm-hmm. But also, real quick, just to finish the French thing, I, I cook and eat a lot of French food as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So I like French cooking. Quick, so what, what's your what's your go-to recipe then? Uh, I would probably – ooh, that's a good question. Um, I haven't cooked it in forever, but I would probably say just a, just a nice duck confit like what he was talking about earlier or – I, you know, I, the last time I tried to make one, it didn't work. So I, I, but I used to be pretty good at souffles, which are very difficult. It's all about how much arm power you're willing to put into it. Because I refuse to, if I'm going to make a souffle, I'm not going to use a food processor. I tried to make souffle once and wound up making uh, ice cream topping. (laughs) Make it like a pudding. Yeah. (laughs) Opened up the oven. I'm like, oh, I made hot fudge. (laughs) <clears throat> but I mean, uh, every every time I make my mac and cheese, I start off with a basic bechamel sauce. So that's just that's a French sauce. Yeah, that's pretty common. Yeah, I do mac and cheese. Nice. So, what other countries have we et from? Uh, Spain. I love tapas. Tapas blew up in my face the first time I tried to have it. Well, then you didn't eat it correctly. Well, no, I didn't. I, I'm too polite. The problem oh. is, is it would go, the plates would go by, and I, I would feel like, oh, would you like some? No, 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 that's okay. There's only two on there. Someone, else, you know, I wanted some. And then someone would grab one, and it ended up I had like two things off my own plate and one thing that looked really good off of somebody else's plate and I paid $22. <laughs> I'm starving. And I was so mad because I didn't understand. Why is this not working? Possibly uh, possibly the best dish. It's definitely in like the top five that I've ever had was at a tapas restaurant. It was a um, manchego cheese stuffed uh, balsamic vinegar drizzled fig with prosciutto it, it was just mm. it was amazing i had that at the aria casino in las vegas they have an amazing tapas restaurant called julian serrano's there was a girl i worked with at caribou coffee and i remember one day she was like yeah i'm working weekends at a tapas restaurant and we're like really where we're is this to go there where where is this oh it's on madison 
And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know any restaurants like that. Then that weekend came around and I walked up to the door and I'm like, oh, <laughs> entirely not what I was thinking. <laughs> Still delicious, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they always have the tapas restaurants always have that gigantic vat of um, sangria. Yes. Best sangria uh, is always made with a little bit of um, I like uh, the sparkling wine in there. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. I made a citrus sangria last summer that uh, was really good. And I got my bubbly out of actually using a citrus soda. I, I probably just used squirt, but I, I considered doing fresca. Okay. And then a just good bottle of red. And I'm not a big red wine guy. I'm, I'm more German sweet wines guy. Mm-hmm. You, guys, you guys like going to like a nice English pub type place? That's the English food? I I can't don't think I can I again what is it spotted dick oh <laughs> no I mean some of bangers the bangers and mash yeah bangers and mash you get like the full English <clears throat> breakfast actually one of the most complicated uh, recipes uh, my wife has ever made and got it right on our first try was English the traditional beef Wellington oh nice. oh yes that's good okay I, I made take that, that for back. Christmas. I made that for Christmas for the family once. That's it's very difficult to get the like mushroom sauce just right. Don't overcook the beef and make sure the puff pastry is crisp and has not been made soggy by the sauce. Yep. That's the thing yeah. I've always wanted to try. Always. And I've not had a chance yet. The, the easiest way to do it, by the way, is to don't do the whole loin. Just do individual fillets and wrap them individually, and then you don't have to work. You know, it, it's a lot easier to work with that way. Hmm. Yeah, I know we did a full Wellington for um, a New Year's Eve murder mystery party one year, and uh, on Sarah's first try, she nailed it. Nice. It's, it's tough to do right. I, I did it for Christmas, and, I, and luckily I got it right. But I was, it was barely. I was hanging. <laughs> it's sure. a tough. It's a tough. I, and watching her put it together, she's like, this is, it's not even close second place. This is the hardest thing I've ever cooked. Yeah. Hardest thing I've ever cooked was baked Alaska. Yeah, but it worked. Yeah, how do you fit it in your oven? I mean. <laughs> now, have you ever had baked Alaska, Joel? I'm going to assume no. No. <laughs> no, I haven't. I just it's, make jokes about it. Uh, it's like cake, but with ice cream in the middle. But you don't, yeah. you cook the cake with the ice cream in it in the oven so the the cake insulates the ice cream so it stays cold until you cut it and then you get this like cake filled ice cream thing it's really good and you're supposed to light it on fire before you yeah i would try it i mean oh yeah well it's delicious um the souffle was probably the hardest thing i've ever made well souffles you have to have a lot of patience with yeah that's why i i wanted to get good at them because there's it's considered one of the hardest things yeah, to make oh, it and we're talking about uh, French cuisine, and I didn't mention I'm. I don't care if they say real men don't eat it. I'm a fan of quiche. Oh, oh quiche yeah. is awesome! Yeah, absolutely, it's great. I agree, hundred percent. Omelet pie, yes, I'm in. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, and there's a similar oh. uh, dish that's an omelet pie uh, from uh, Spain, and I'm blanking on. Oh, it's like a gigantic omelet. Frittata? Frittata. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. I learned yeah. how to make frittatas a few years ago when I was experimenting with new cooking techniques. I love making a good frittata. It's like a it's like a breakfast pizza. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I, I got to take it back. The hardest dish I've ever made was, um, was uh, paella. Because <laughs> that's like a 12-hour event. Yeah, I could see that. 
it's a festival of flavors and mm. festival of flavors in your mouth. You got a Joel all excited. <laughs> oh, quoting Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm trying but to think. Yeah. Are, are we ready? To, are we ready to leave Europe and talk about the Middle East? Possibly. Yeah. My passport's been stamped, so. Unless anybody wants to talk about the Swedish meatballs at IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I mean, Middle Eastern food, this is another area where I've done a lot more exploration as I've gotten older. I uh, have done a bunch of different uh, shawarma places, a lot of places where you can get a nice lunch special that'll be a couple of different kebabs, a chicken patty, like a pound of rice. Mm-hmm. You just get so much food, uh, a couple of falafel, some hummus, and it's like $6. And even as big as I am with the biggest appetite I can bring, I can just barely finish it. Yeah, I um, – well, again, downtown Chicago, got myself a, the shawarma platter. It was like the shawarma shampler. <laughs> a shawarma sampler. Uh, brought that back. It had the chicken, beef, shawarma, the wraps, everything. Delicious. Um, my girls, after, strangely enough, did you know that the shawarma market blew up after Avengers? Of course. Yes. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, not at all. So my girls were like, yeah, we want to try shawarma. Yeah, go go try shawarma. Iron Man has shawarma. Let's have shawarma. Took them to a shawarma place. We don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's what I figured. Give me the shawarma. Go next time. That's why I like euros. No. Oh, because, yeah, if you don't like euros, you probably won't like shawarma. Yeah. No, I love shawarma. Give me a good shawarma wrap. That's delicious. That's or a place by me, the one out by me called Nesh. Uh, they serve it. You can get the uh, shawarma wrap with like the Jerusalem salad, and uh, uh, you know, just toss a whole bunch of stuff in there. It's like it's it's like middle. It's like a Middle Eastern. Um, I hate to say chipotle, but that's pretty much what it is. You know, they take you just tell them what to toss in there with the chicken or beef shawarma, and they also give you. You can get for a buck. You get a big old thing of uh, lentil soup. Oh, I I love lentils. Uh, I do not. A lot of people, I mean, if you're not into Indian food, you probably wouldn't. Sarah doesn't like them. I love uh, me some lentils. Yeah, I'm a fan. And they are some of the most nutrient-dense foods you can eat on the planet. Mm-hmm. Joel, lentils, break the tie. I've never had them. I've just seen them on uh, The Young Ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then I, I guess I lose the lentil war. Yes. The lentil wars were fought quickly. <laughs> there were no survivors. <laughs> Act fast, Patrick. Act fast. I love yeah. lentils so much I have them for breakfast. Oh No. Diced onion. Okay. Josh, stop, back stop, me up on this. Stop. stop. Lentils. And capers. Diced onions. Cut up some onions. Saute those together in a pan. Toss in some spinach and fr- and then some scrambled eggs inside. I could do that. It's good stuff, man. Uh, has everybody had dolmades? Uh, the, that's the uh, grape leaf wrap things? Yeah, yeah. You basically got grape leaves in a dill and lemon sauce uh, or all wrapped up it's like an olive oil an olive oil thing you can get them they usually come in a can where they've just been soaking in the olive oil it's good it's got spiced rice inside there it's almost like a little greek uh gwumki. yeah well and they're not uh you they're different with if you get them uh greek or if you get them uh middle eastern mm. uh, although there's a lot of crossover when you go uh between greece and then like through turkish food into uh, Middle Eastern countries. You'll find some dishes while there's uh, 
differences in how they're prepared. Some mm-hmm. of the food's very similar. All right. So uh, can we think of any other things that we... Uh, well, there's hummus. Hummus. And that's hummus and Baba Ganoush. Delicious. Yeah. I mean, people have not had hummus and are... It's like, dude, really, it's bean dip made with garbanzo beans. Yeah. How how crazy is... It's not that far off the beaten path from what you're used to. No. And it's, it's so still good. delicious. And you and can Baba tell... Baba Ganoush is hummus plus eggplant, basically. Yeah. But it's delicious. Mm-hmm. It is... Oh, speaking of eggplant, that's probably my most difficult dish is a traditional eggplant parmesan where you cut it uh, uh, super, super thin and individually bread and fry each uh, slice of eggplant mm. and then put it together like uh, uh, like a lasagna almost. It, that I've had it when it's done. And you're right. When it's done correctly, it's fantastic. And if they can keep the if you can keep the uh, eggplant nice and firm when you cook it, mm-hmm. you don't cross over that line where it goes from nice you know nice firm to breaking down to like that mush. Yep, it's all about keeping your oil at the right temperature. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nerds. And <laughs> <laughs> Africa, um, I, I got to go to a South African restaurant here recently, a couple months back, and it was overall. From start to finish, one of the better meals I've ever had in my life. It was expensive, but it was really, really delicious. The food was, um, it was almost like, um, it was, it was very, it was very meat centered. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of, I mean, a lot of really good sauces on the meats that just made the dishes. And we ordered like this whole sampler type thing. There were four of us there and we just ordered this whole, meal that was basically like a seven course try all the different things that you've never had from this place and every every course was better than the last one it was just really good i can't say that i've i've ever had african food it was called peli 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 yep hmm. peli is soccer i not pele pele i'd like to try african food but uh, aside from like some egyptian and some of the like north african stuff i don't think i've really ever had any huh. i do not like ethiopian i know that I don't like the flavor, the texture, or the the way you don't really use utensils. You just kind of keep tearing at the bread to use as your spoon. Hmm. No, not for me. You need utensils? I don't like my fingers getting dirty. <laughs> How do you cook then? Right. I wash my hands a lot while I cook. How do you poop? I'm a very sa- very sanitary person when I'm cooking. That's why I'm never going to get anybody sick on my food truck. <laughs> yeah. The, right. health, the health inspector, the first time he came, he, he's, he's like, you wash your hands a lot. I was like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so across all of the uh, foods we've had, uh, this is a question that kind of came up a little bit in the first show. But what is something that uh, you've tried and don't like? I know in the first show, most of us have said sake, although I eventually found one that I liked. Uh, what, what's something from this show that uh, we've tried and don't like? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of a lot of Greek food. Interesting. Mainly because I am feta is one of the very few cheeses I do not like. I love feta. I know, yeah. and and feta does not love you, and I do not let you love feta <laughs> when I am around. <laughs> Remember, the- Mike knows that he has a. I have a personal kibosh against him with feta. He cannot eat feta around me. Remember that. Remember the one year breakfast at Gen Con where everybody vetoed me getting the feta cheese omelet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the waitress is taking orders. You're like, I'll have the feta cheese omelet. Everyone simultaneously, no. No, No, he won't. (laughs) No, I want it. And she's like, they say no, man. (laughs) Okay. 
Uh, I think for me, though, a thing that everyone seems to love and I just have never liked is cannoli. What? Just, I... The I Italian I, dessert. The Italian dessert cannoli. With the sweet it's cheese about and it. the pastry and the chocolate chips. And oh, they're delicious. I, everything on the ingredient list and my taste preferences suggests I should like them and I just don't. Hmm. Huh. Is it because you don't like something cylindrical spurting white cream in your mouth? <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm all about that. Well, you've progressed then in the last yeah. 10 years. <laughs> I mean, Twinkies. <laughs> but uh, no, can't can't do the cannoli. Wow. Huh. I love cannolis. That's kind of nuts. I yeah, love cannolis too. I'll have yours. It's good. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, I, I'm also not even a fan of uh, what's the lady fingers that are dipped in uh, tiramisu? tiramisu. Yeah, that's the other I'm, one. I'm not a tiramisu fan myself. I'm all about I've tiramisu. I've had good tiramisu, but... Yeah, I'd rather have neither. Leave the gun. <laughs> Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Coffee and pastry. I'm in. So, what do you think? You can we come up with anything else, or are we, uh, should we tell? I them what can't we're come doing? up with anything that I've tried that I didn't. Yeah, like. I, I'll. I'll eat anything. I mean, blood sausage. Sure, I've had it. Yeah, I did not like it. I mean. I'm nine times out of ten when I, I'll, I try something for the second time, it's that well maybe I just didn't maybe it just wasn't made right, right you know sure I always give everything at least two tries before I write it off yeah I'm the same way. Head cheese is way out. (laughs) You know if somebody had prepared it fresh. And, like, I would try it. It sounds a little gross, but, I mean, it's basically ham and gelatin from the face of a pig. Yeah. Just to... See, now say that again about preparing it. I don't want to be around when it's fresh. Well, I just know that, like, somebody recently on Reddit talked about their farm, how they did a charcuterie uh, party. And they made everything except the cheese themselves. Like, raised the animals from birth, slaughtered them. Oh, wow. And, like, everything looked awesome. That's commitment and, to a party, man. Yeah. That's right? Talk about planning. I, I, yeah, you're like, eight years from now, we're going to have a great party when this kid grows up. It's like well, George Orwell's Animal Farm. They were uh, <laughs> retired, and they owned an animal farm. And this was like cooking was one of their hobbies. And uh, this is one of the very rare in these food subreddit where everyone was just like, you know, this this kind of spread is the sort of thing that you would expect to be served to like world leaders, thousands of dollars per plate. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so what are we doing next week? Next I think week. someone's going to be American food. Oh, yeah, someone's going to be no, sleeping home, in a new spot. The home spot. show, yeah, the yes. home show. Yeah, in between now, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, it's going to be probably after Thanksgiving. Yep, the food shows are uh, kind of bookending Thanksgiving, but well before Thanksgiving. I know I'm moving into my first purchased home, which was just closed on hours before we started recording, and we're going to take a look. At uh, for all four of us, at uh, the homes we've lived in from uh, being little kids where we were born, what the houses were like, what apartments we've lived in, what mm-hmm. buildings we've owned, or whatever. Yeah, so that should be a lot of fun. Houses, where have you lived? Home sweet home. Yep. So uh, if you by any chance would like to uh, leave us a message, 
find some of our older shows. You can find them at, uh, well, first, the older shows. You can find them at iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And if you're looking to give us a call, give us an idea for a show or want to just tell us what you do for a living, like Charlie does, call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Now it's a contest. Who could call up and have a more depressing job than Charlie? <laughs> I don't want I don't want that. <laughs> Gonna have embalmers calling in. <laughs> I'm an embalmer for an. Uh, uh, I lost the word again. I know we know at least two people in the funeral industry. There's, yeah, there's Killa making coffins, and I I know a couple people who are funeral directors. Find a guy who's a funeral director for a. Just had the word again. It's late. Orphanage. <laughs> That's the bad joke I was going to make. <laughs> you guys are giving me shit about early uh, casual Holocaust puns. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and on that high note, folks, have a great morning. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving and good eating. Yeah. (laughs) You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends. Everyone else. Okay. Move a rubber tree plant, but he had high hopes. He had what was the name of the stuffed cat? Boo Boo Kitty. There you go. Good job. (laughs) I am simultaneously proud and ashamed of the fact that I got that so quick. (laughs)